Hello and welcome to Leviathan News. Today is May 11th, 2023. And the big story of the day is that the fee switch conversation for Uniswap <laughs> is starting back up again. Can you believe it, guys? Yeah, the perennial debate. The real news would be if they weren't having the conversation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, since Leviathan News is relatively young, should we do it just once for the audience? Uh, sure. I mean, we can talk about it, but like, I think we can. I'm, I'm going to just show something while uh, we, we talk about it, because this is how I feel about it, is that every three months we get a new um, discussion about the fee switch. And it's always like, are they going to do it? <laughs> are they going to do it? Are they going to are they going to push the button? And it reminds me of this um, uh, this SNL skit, which I don't know. If you guys remember this oh, one, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the drop the bass one where he it's uh, Andy Samberg and he keeps on. He's like up on DJing and the music keeps on building. He's like, I'm going to push the button. And he's like, I'm going to push the button. And it, it keeps on like building and building. He's like, oh, I'm going to push the button. <laughs> yeah. And then he pushes the button and everybody dies at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exciting. Uh, well, yeah. It, actually, continuing on that like metaphor, I, I do kind of think that actually turning on the fee switch <laughs> will like transform the potential energy of the value of the uni token into like actual value. And I think it'll be like, you know, I think today, like, a lot of just the value is like the ability that one day a fee switch could turn on and people are holding it for like that speculative value. And like you lose that premium the second it goes on. And that's like kind of a one-time thing, um, let alone the amount of like regulatory nonsense that it invites in. So I just, I think like maybe the debate is part of the meme, but uh, I just like don't really understand why you would turn it on. <laughs> Yeah, there's sort of like a funny like expression in startup land, which is like it's better to be pre-revenue than post-revenue. Because <laughs> yeah. pre-revenue, you know, it's a mystery box. It could be anything yeah. once you've established revenue. Uh, you know, don't get the impossible multipliers. It also changes the uni token from being a, a worthless governance token that has no value into a revenue generating potential security yeah. that uh, the SEC could go after. So And yeah. Uniswap's not like a like uh, somebody who can get away with just like putting it out there and then, you know, like it, like, like for the, the best hope that any of us have these days is like basically go down the Ethereum route, which is like be small enough where people aren't really understanding what's going on, like get it out there and then grow big enough that like it's really, really hard to go back that many years on something this size and like try to undo it. But uh, <laughs> Uniswap has already like jumped the shark in terms of like, people knowing who they are and like the ability to do stuff under the radar. So, um, yeah, yeah. Different world. the, and I don't I'll just, just build it in like the curve guys launch from day one. Well, not day yeah. one, but you know, as soon as the gauges in the token went live, they had fee fee sharing. So, yeah. But if you look at it, you know, Uniswap's the top 20 token and curve is in the sixties. So, uh, yeah, yeah I don't know them. They that had much an They had an airdrop. I don't know that much about Uniswap governance, to be honest, um, but DeFi Cheetah had an interesting thread, which was basically talking about how, like, if Uniswap um, basically, like, turns on the fee switch, it could actually hurt Uniswap LPs, because it's going to yeah. be basically siphoning a lot of the money from LPs who are already underwater most of the time, um, although Thicky Thought a few days ago said that it's getting better, mm -hmm. um, but it's just going to make it so much worse that it actually could... Uh, yeah, you know, as DeFi Cheetah, I think, put it like it could put them at risk of their protocol death spiraling. 
So I doubt that they would do it. Plus, my understanding is that like Uniswap governance is kind of like weird uh, to say the least. Where like A16Z has like a lot of soft or hard influence within it. Um, maybe not A16Z, but like various subsidiary like college blockchain associations mm-hmm. that are funded by them. Um, anyway. <laughs> You shouldn't listen to anything I say because obviously I'm biased. I'm a curve maximalist and I have not really studied much about Uniswap. Yeah, it's interesting. You look at the fully diluted values of Uniswap and Curve and Uniswap still has two times the the FTV of, of Curve, uh, which is interesting, right? Because there's still a lot more Curve tokens which need to be distributed at some point in the future. But Uniswap is still taking that higher higher valuation. So interesting. We'll keep it had up. much better publicity. You know, uh, with true. the airdrop and all that stuff, they 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 have like the the name in which the average user he, he knows about uh, like the average the, the average user knows about uh, Uni uh, a lot earlier than he knows about uh, <laughs> It was also diving into a lot of the meme coin tokens uh, yeah, sure. the other day, and if you look at it, like all these meme coins are hard coded to pro like basically like transact liquidity in their uniswap pool there's not really a functional equivalent for curve um so like when people are trading uh like these garbage like i don't say garbage but like you know pepe or like wojack or whatever they go to uniswap so that's a lot of uh get a lot of trading volume yeah uh and And by the way without if if they don't turn on the fee switch at some point like uh, how do they ever uh, generate revenue as a protocol or is it like a strategic uh, decision for them like you said with the lps to to not ever generate uh, revenue with the protocol like could it it even be you just have to ask yourself like i like i think asking that question is getting a little too lost in like financialized world like why, why does uniswap as a protocol need revenue right like, especially when you think of Uniswap V2, like the whole point is that it is like perfectly neutral and like permanent infrastructure in the Ethereum virtual machine. And like, maybe that is like one of the fundamental core differences of Curve and Uniswap, where like Uniswap is supposed to be this set and forget, whereas Curve is like this dynamic integrated thing. And like, maybe that flows through and like what the purpose okay. of the token is. Yeah, we should do is we should get some Uniswap people on here. Um, but you guys are gonna have to do the lifting on that. I think they all blocked me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll reach out. So, in other news, uh, there's some stablecoin stuff going on on the U.S. Uh, in the U.S. Congress right now. There's been a lot of discussions, and CEO Jeremy Lair has been on the Hill uh, lobbying to try to get a positive stablecoin bill passed for USDC. And yesterday, he spoke with uh, Politico. And he told Politico that uh, Circle is worried about U.S. default risk with the upcoming debt ceiling (laughs) issue uh, looming. And he said that uh, we want to carry exposure through a potential breach of the ability of the U.S. government to pay its debts. And that means that they've shortened their duration risk to as as like even before what they think the default could be. So potentially they're going to be fully in cash when the uh, debt limit hits. So they don't have any exposure to U.S. U.S. Treasuries and that they will be able to maintain the value of USDC through potentially what could be the first time that the U.S. defaults on its debt. It's got to love the troll job here. I mean, to be fudding U.S. dollars from the crypto company as opposed to vice versa. Well, I, I think it is a substantial risk, right? And it is something that the company does need to take into account. Like if, if there is a, a default, then... Uh, short-term treasuries would be drastically affected and it could affect the value of USDC. So I don't, I think they're trying to get ahead of any like DPEG issues here. 
coming from yeah. I'll go ahead and bet any amount of any meme coin you want that's not going to default though. Yeah, I mean, I I will not take that bet. And like more, I, I just kind of feel like this is a troll and this is PR because like the reality is, is if the US defaults, but like it, th this is the kind of thing where you put like your, um, you know, like you fireproof your kitchen, but like the rest of your house is made out of like gasoline and wood where it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter if Circle is able to weather a default, like the entire financial system will yeah, collapse. It'd be much worse, yeah. Uh, Another stablecoin that's been having some good news is that they reported $1.5 billion net profit in first quarter uh, for the embattled stablecoin Tether. Uh, hmm. Coming out of the whole, you know, USDC DPEG, looking pretty good. And their attestation report is showing a lot of strength. And uh, this is in the face of U.S. regulators potentially going to be cracking down more on Tether. Um, I don't know how they're going to, but uh, I know it's in their in their sights. Uh, the largest stablecoin has gained, uh, you know, pretty much retained its market share. It started losing it a little bit against USDC as the market recovers and people uh, start to move back into normal operations and the uh, threat of risk goes away. So, The most entertaining possible outcome would be Tether bailing out the U.S. government. No way, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah. How about just CZ bailing out the U.S. government? Yeah. <laughs> no way. Um, well, speaking of people who need a, a bailout, uh, the IRS <laughs> has filed claims against FP, FTX bankruptcy. Uh, sorry, the, the IRS is filing claims worth $44 billion against FTX uh, while they're in bankruptcy. And uh, unfortunately for the people who are stuck in eternal limbo for the next decade with their FTX claims, these IRS taxes could supersede any sort of claim that people have as creditors to FTX. That's so that's insane. That's, uh, it's again shows like uh, I think it uh, it communicates with the stuff we've been saying in the recent days about the fact that uh, if you're powerful, your uh, ability to do stuff and influence is so different than if you're just a normal uh, person. And to know that uh, now when the IRS says that they will have like the first. Uh, the first take on the on that money i don't know i don't feel it's like the fair uh, thing for the people you know in a very simple uh, way very si i'm being very simplistic but you know still it's like so much money that they can take first if they want to i don't know it's weird you know if you ape into a meme coin where the entire like ownership privilege is like <laughs> is you know, the U.S. dollar is doing exactly what it's designed to do, right? It's printed by the U.S. It's controlled by the U.S. They can do whatever they want with that. Like, that's like the rules of the game. So just to be Did clear. Did you see like, that uh, video of the senator, by the way, that, where he says... Yeah. Uh, so hold on. Before we get to that, yeah, just to be clear on this, like what we're talking about is the IRS claim would have primacy over creditors, but not depositors. So like if your cash is like custodially in there, the, the IRS wouldn't have first claim. You would have oh. first claim, then the IRS, and then creditors are the ones that get like screwed by this. Oh, okay. People mm -hmm. that lent FTX money. So like we, we can still say it's unfair, but like it's not fair either. I want yeah. a level set that like this isn't Thanks. the government coming in and being like, I know grant like grandson told grandma to put a hundred dollars in ETH and FTX, but like we're gonna take that money. Like, that is not what's happening here. Thanks exactly. for clarifying because I didn't get it. Thanks. And then 
I thought like I'm not the biggest like FTX Chad, but wasn't there only ten billion dollars um, at play here? Like, where's the forty five yeah. billion coming from? Well, yeah. a lot of it's going to be from from like fees that are levied against FTX and Alameda and all of its companies for fraud and other things. So they can. Well, like, and it what... was also just like just shenanigans and child's play, right? Like it looks like there's a ton of assessments for like not paying um, like the the employer side of. Um, what fucking what's it called the taxes you pay for employment like just like asinine stuff that they should have been doing that um like because they weren't a legitimate company they weren't doing yeah so i'm just going off this uh tweet that meet tc uh put out yesterday i don't know the validity of this because the irs hasn't actually like shared anything but he says something to the effect of like uh the tax bill is real and it appears that irs went back and reclassified all employees from contractors to employees and hit them for unpaid employer side employment taxes. Uh, since Alameda is likely a partnership, uh, the back taxes are accessed at the partnership level, um, and it's it's just nasty, right? So if they if they're able to do that and reclassify all contractors as employees, then they have to go back and pay all those back taxes that they should have paid. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so everyone's screwed. Everyone's losing money. <laughs> um, like this is definitely a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> And Could, uh, uh, Sam, Sam Bankman-Fried's parents just mortgage against their house again and pay it off? Well, got, well yeah, got their house was worth like $2 billion or whatever his bail was. <laughs> their house was worth $4 million and then they had some other benefactors who came yeah. and provided the other- Also, uh, it's easy. <laughs> $20 million, yeah. Uh, but Meat, Meat leaves a good comment that we can move on with, which is that this uh, $44 billion in back taxes potentially will close Biden's $18 billion tax loophole for crypto investors in one trade. And uh, this is in reference to a White House tweet uh, that came out. Was it on the White House official? Uh, essentially coming it POTUS. out. It was POTUS. It was yeah, on the POTUS? POTUS? Yeah. Okay, we'll find it while we're looking. But essentially, he came out and said, uh, you know, we're looking to get back taxes from uh, loopholes that these wealthy crypto investors have. Uh, well, Mr. Biden, sir, uh, we're in the depths of the mayor market, and uh, we're not that wealthy anymore. <laughs> <laughs> And we also pay uh, capital gains taxes. Importantly, this tweet got a community notes, uh, which, you know, community notes for the president obviously is uh, uh, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to say anything here, but it's not often that this happens. So uh, community notes says that virtual currency is treated as property and general tax principles applicable to property transactions apply to uh, virtual currency. So when people buy or when people sell their currency, they have to pay capital gains tax. And there's no evidence of loopholes. So um, it's unfortunate that the Democrats are turning this into a uh, political weapon uh, for the next cycle. Very strange. Some Democrats. Some Democrats. Uh, now, I, I got to say, like, I'm old enough to have watched West Wing, so I'm probably dating myself here. But there was like, the what I feel about this is there was like a quote within one of the episodes I'm paraphrasing where it's like, I don't mind paying high taxes, but like, don't like insult me while I do it. Right? <laughs> like, I I pay at least five figures in taxes um, every year on these like volatile, like computer coins that the government says is not real, has no fundamental value. Um, so like, stop attacking me while I'm doing it. Don't call me names. Like that's all I ask. It's well, just in insanely frustrating. Garrett, if you're paying five figures of taxes and Biden says you're worth 18 billion, like <laughs> I, that's the problem. Okay, I'm, I'm not worth 18 billion. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know where they're getting this from. Yeah, look, I like of all the yet, people on the- yet. 
Yeah, yeah. Of all the people <laughs> on this call, like I'm definitely like the most sympathetic to like government stuff. But like, I mean, come on, there. This is like total nonsense, and this is total political. And like, I the bet here is like super transparent by Biden and and by his like re-election team that there are more people that perceive crypto as like the arena for scams and for like money laundering and bad things than there are that people like believe in this technology. And like, I'm not here to say that's true. I'm here to say that's the bet that Biden is making for 2024. And like, that's probably right. They're probably right, to be honest. Like we've not done ourselves any favors. Like we allowed all these scammers to proliferate within our system. We didn't police ourselves. So this is what we get. Yeah, I mean, like, and and again, like this group right here and like the people listen to this, like believe in the world computer and believe in changing, like and believe in fairness and believe in democracy and like blah, 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 blah. Right. But we have to acknowledge that like that is not the majority of economic activity in our space. It's just not. And like the majority of economic activity is very value extractive, very predatory and like. uh it's hard. It's hard. And it's just, it's very upsetting that this is what the bet that Biden seems to be making. I agree with pretty much everything uh, that you guys said here, but like, isn't it uh, the case like in any industry, you know, is it really special for the crypto community that it's so, you know, uh, value extractive and all that? Like, aren't most industries, especially young ones uh, like that? Because, uh, you know, sophisticated players uh, use their uh, power. Well, I, I also want to say that uh, we're going to bring up one more tweet uh, from Eleanor Terrett, who was talking about uh, some talking notes, talking points that were uh, circulated uh, the other day. And uh, essentially, the Democrats are doubling down on saying that there is no issue with the security laws that we have right now. Uh, there is no turf war between the SEC and CTFC. Uh, there is just un non-compliance with this entire industry, right? And uh, that committee Republicans are trying to pass pro crypto legislation in June. And but we're going to default as early as June 1st. So Republicans number one's priority just seems to be passing a clean debt bill to avoid economic. Well, I don't want to get into that. But the the Democratic Democratic line is now becoming that, uh, you know, Gensler already has everything that he needs. And he's built up the strongest enforcement team ever to go after these crypto criminals and these scammers who are just, you know, racking investors. So just yeah. get in line, crypto market. So the reason that I keep saying some Democrats is because I think it's important to clarify, like, you know, I live in a super blue area and like I talked to some Democrats around here who are like, I don't know what's going on in DC. Like this doesn't, uh, like <laughs> these people don't like represent what's going on. Um, and also like as a single issue, like crypto voter, the person at the moment who is like most favorable towards cryptocurrency is Kennedy Jr. So like he's got a lot of other like wild stuff that's out there, but like it's not a far-fetched idea that like uh, he could win because like a, a Kennedy in a Democratic primary, like, you know, that's like selling crack to a addict. <laughs> like, yeah, you think he has a chance for it? I don't know. I mean, probably. I, I think he has more of a chance than like Sanders would. I think that no matter what, like incumbents d don't lose um, yeah. presidencies and like Trump was the weird one. And, and so like that, that's like the real issue that we're dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also the, the way that the democratic party works is that it's much more like, it's much more of like a, uh, 
like the person who's running right biden is more just like a figurehead but it's more about putting the system in place of like you have all these other people who are you know politically aligned that that come along with the the democrats right um versus like in the republican side you tend to have these more like outlier candidates that are running like trump ran pretty much on a away from the republican party but again but then he showed up and brought in every single republican consultant <laughs> i'm just john bolton like i mean yeah <laughs> i'm just saying like you know i i ran a poll about this like a few months ago where i just asked my users like who do you vote for in 2020 who are you planning on voting for in 2024 and in 2020 was fairly split like most crypto people were like pretty 50 50 like biden trump and like you know no <laughs> A lot of these people who are like very disaffected Democrats and do not want to vote for Democrats again, or at least like the Democrats that are anti-crypto, um, but like they can't really vote for Republicans and because like oftentimes Republicans like troglodytes. So like <laughs> I think this is actually a good opportunity for people who are in crypto and like want to change things to like if you really care about this issue, you should be like out there like publicly supporting like the Democratic candidates that are super pro crypto because there are a few of them. Amen. Well, just, Maybe we should try to have some of them on sometime. That yeah. would be very nice. Uh, and uh, to talk about some more saying the the quiet part out loud, uh, yesterday, uh, I believe he's a senator, Senator Sherman. No, he's representative. Representative, sorry, Representative Brett Sherman uh, essentially got up and said, like, look, look at all these crypto bros. Their money <laughs> has just come out of nowhere, right? It just It's magical internet money that is just magically appeared right and you know while they accuse us at the u.s government of doing the same thing we're the u.s government we can we can make money out of <laughs> out of thin air so but we're the u.s government yes exactly so he, he's he said quote they'll accuse the u.s government of making money out of thin air maybe we do but we're the u.s government <laughs> sherman's a clown and a buffoon um but He's not terribly wrong on this point. Like, yeah, that is one of the powers of the U.S. government. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> He's not wrong, but it's like, you know, like new industries, new industries create new value, right? And uh, if you think that there is no value in magical internet money, I mean, you can cry all day, but the prices say that you're wrong, right? You can you can argue with the price all, all day, but it doesn't mean that you're right. I mean, I think there's a distinction between creating money and creating value. Well, what's the difference? Sure, we had to, you know, they do say that this made up money, they do want to get the taxes for it. So either it's made up. Or well, hold on. Or the the difference around. between money and value is like, do you consider Tesla stock to be money? Uh, no, because it's, it's, it's like not alternative a for money for it. It's it's it, it. I mean, like, depending on how you use it, it could be used as money in, in some sort of fintech platform. Um, but... I, I just, I, without t- saying my personal opinion, I just think what the representative is saying is that like that money is different from value and like it is the like special, just like the government has a monopoly on violence, the government in his view should have a monopoly on creating yeah. money, not on creating value. And I, I think, think that's like exactly on, I'm totally sorry, reasonable. I think you're touching exactly on the point here that just, I think that the, the public and especially the, like the younger generations they hear that and they feel like something is wrong with that sentence that uh, like he, that it's so obvious to him that we're the US government, we can print it. And I think that even if this is uh, currently the case, I think it represents the bigger issue of this uh, problem and the whole crypto movement, which in, I don't know, in, in, a, in a century's uh, perspective, I think it's the separation of uh, money and uh, government. 
But just to so be clear, okay. there's a lot of different forms of money. And I bring up this, uh, this chart by the Bank of International Settlements that was published several years ago when they uh, were exploring uh, this issue. You know, like cat, like there's four, four kind of categories in the taxonomy of money, right? Uh, whether money is electronic or not, whether it's issued by a central bank or not, peer-to-peer -peer or not, and then universally accessible or kind of like limited. And so like if you throw these all together, you can come up with a taxonomy of money where like cash is a non-electronic, centrally central bank issued peer-to-peer uh, -peer money, right? Bitcoin, on the other hand, is an electronic, non-central bank issued peer-to-peer -peer money. And so, uh, you know, this allows us to kind of uh, separate all of these different things all these different types of money into the categories that they are. So when we talk about money, it's very nebulous, right? It's, there is no one type of money, right? We just have a lot of different forms and they all kind of like mesh together and work in different ways. So, um, you know, whether something is either electronic or non-electronic or peer-to-peer -peer or not peer-to-peer, -peer, it doesn't really matter. I mean, the main things are just uh, figuring out like how we can, you know, have these different forms of value and how we can transact with them. So, so I think I just point out that like it says very explicitly in the first article of the Constitution that Congress has the power to coin money. So like it's not surprising. I think the only issue though, or like the like where like people in Congress should like take a look at themselves is just the fact they've lost so much credibility in the way that they have been issuing money that it's even uh, laughable. Well, that's that's coinage. It's not that's not bills. So I don't know. I mean, look, like the, the reason that that's in the Constitution is because before that, every state printed their own money and like we didn't have a functioning government or like economy. And so, like, <laughs> OK, we're, we're getting we're getting off topic here. I, I'm I'm going to pull this back because uh, we're, we're going down this like non rabbit hole that we're going to the rabbit hole which i don't know i'm just addressing out. that like it was the news that the entire crypto community is dunking on this representative and like i saw that video and was like much more on the representative side than on the crypto community side here we go this is us again uh so okay. moving on to more important news let's talk uh, about nothing ever then well no i mean let's talk about actually important news so the the llamas have uh, friends of the show have a special discussion on that one sometime. Yeah. Okay. i think it, it really gets us like uh, going we really want to debate this stuff so, I know, but uh, we need to stay. We need to stay on time. Uh, so the llamas have started their public uh, mint today. Uh, Kara, do you want to tell us more about that? <laughs> yeah, sure. They picked up where they left off. So they had like a one week hiatus or so, and in that time, meme coins spiked and gas spiked. So there's going to be a question of would people still care about the llamas? But they still have been going for about. Uh, uh, I think all of them have gone for north of two Ethereum. Uh, the floor price on OpenSea, if you want to get it directly without going through the auctions, like three Ethereum. Uh, so there's still a lot of demand and interest in the llamas. Good for them. Yes. And also another NFT that uh, we like just happened yesterday, right as we were running the show, uh, but we're reporting on now is that Elon posted a Milady's meme. That was insane. I, I mean, it, it had to have come, right? I, I mean, Miladies has some of the strongest meme magic in all of crypto right now. And uh, immediately the floor doubled going from 2 ETH to 4.5 ETH. And I think it peaked out at 6. Uh, so right now uh, it's sitting at like, I think, 4 or 5 or 6 ETH or something like that. But congrats to the Miladies guys. They're really having takeover of the ecosystem. And maybe one day we'll get the Miladies Flipping Board API Club. I wonder how many... 
Milady's Elon bot before that tweet. Oh, all of them. <laughs> I don't even I, think he really knows what a Milady is. I just think he, he found a nice meme and uh, shared it. I don't think he knows. Just like he didn't know what Doge was before he tweeted that? Exactly. No, Doge is so much more, uh, you know, uh, recognizable than Milady. Personally, I think I wouldn't I underestimate his intelligence. Like, you know, the richest man in the world is buying Miladies to, to flip him. I, I don't know. I think I think he's deep in the culture, and I think he understands what Miladies are, and uh, it's a validation of the the Milady meme. So, congrats to the Milady Milady group. It was insane. Yes, uh, and I think JPEG is going to allow uh, Milady use as collateral soon. That would be for great. people who are in the community. Yeah. Well, well, that's JPEG. So, uh, just to wrap up, last story for that we have today is that TreasureDAO is exploring distributing twenty five percent of their ARB airdrop to their community. Yeah, actually, so to be clear on that one, I think it's they are the entire proposal is to distribute 25% oh, for game is, studio partnerships. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like they want to distribute, I think, like a quarter of that immediately. And then what they said is convert the three quarters into USDC and then have that as like a fund for games partnership. So good news. It's about like building a robust ecosystem around the treasure um, technology. We do have to acknowledge that this is just like more DAOs getting their airdrop and dumping it. <laughs> well, so the Treasure DAO got eight That's million, true. eight million ARB from the Arbitrum Foundation uh, for what they were building. Exactly. And so yeah, so what they're proposing is to take two million ARB and distribute five hundred thousand ARB to selected game builders who helped Treasure during the twenty-one and twenty-two period uh, through a combination of grants and Treasury swaps and. Uh, this is going to be like active users, uh, developers, the community, uh, and other people. Uh, then they're going to take the remaining 1.5 million ARB, uh, and they're going to help secure their long-term uh, future game partnerships by swapping that to USDC. Yeah, again, good for the ecosystem, good for Web3 gaming. Interesting for like for companies and especially like infrastructure um, projects that have airdrops because like this is what you get and like i guess if you plan for that that's okay but um like we just have to acknowledge that like you give someone money they're gonna go convert it to money yeah yeah at least they're doing stuff with it at least it's not uh, you know at least they're pushing the ecosystem forward and uh treasure is huge on the Arbitrum, it's one of the key uh, dApps that made it so big and uh, attracted yeah. all the, these users. So, in my, they, they definitely earned that money, in my opinion. And if they use it uh, wisely, they will only uh, boost their project. You guys know what Treasure DAO like is. So they're building a decentralized gaming uh, ecosystem. And uh, have you guys used them at all? So I didn't use, uh, go ahead. So I, I haven't used it. My understanding of what it is, is they're like trying to do approach web three gaming backwards. Whereas instead of like creating a game and then like all this like inventory or whatever that's tied to the blockchain and like letting people own it, they're starting with like the things that you own. So for example, like I think they have like this core primitive of like wood and fire and stone. And then the idea is that using these assets, developers can build games on top of it. Um, and so first of all, anyone from the treasure community, please come on this pod yeah. and like, correct me if I'm wrong or, um, tell us more about what you guys are building. But, um, I just think it's like a really 
cool way to like approach this like industry in web3 gaming that we know is like a money pinata but like no one has really figured it out well we're gonna try to get somebody on maybe for next week then uh we're gonna do some outreach if any listeners know the treasure team and want to put us in touch please reach out uh that's gonna wrap it up for today may 11th 2023 spirited discussion as always on leviathan news Make sure to follow us on Twitter, YouTube, and everywhere else. Make sure to subscribe and, and download us on, on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, you know, we love the support. Thank you for all the comments. And uh, you know, sure. everybody that's Thanks. here watching the live stream as well, too. Love you guys here. Thank you so much. We do for you. Uh, also, guys, thanks so much for joining. It's great to see you this today. Uh, Thank, you. Thank you, squids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will be gone tomorrow, and I will be back on Monday since I'm moving to New York. So, what? Yes. Uh, you can Ooh. see I'm already taking all the... the moving on up. Moving yeah. on up. Really? You're moving to New York? Wow, I know. Back into the north. Uh, <laughs> well, right time of year. <laughs> exactly. The yeah. winter is coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Good luck. See you next week. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, until the tide returns, we'll see you again. Goodbye.